In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. During the month of November, usually we pray for the holy souls in purgatory, for those who have died. And it's good that we ask ourselves, why do we do that? Because it's not just a custom. It's a custom that is based in a very important aspects of our faith. First of all, the thing that we need to consider is that purgatory is not a punishment, but an act of mercy from God that wants that all of us be happy in heaven completely. We'll talk about this later on. At the moment, let's start considering the faith that we hold what the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us. The point 1030 says, All who die in God's grace and friendship, but are still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. Imperfectly purified. We need to consider that here on earth no one is really holy. Even people that we call holy, we call holy not because they have reached the perfection that they should reach or that we need to have, but because they have been struggling to be holy. And that, that struggle is an example for all of us. But it doesn't mean that they have reached the level of holiness that one needs to go to heaven. So the point carries on saying, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation, but after death they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. What kind of holiness is that? It's the holiness of Jesus Christ. We are the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we should look like him and to be as holy as he is. Here on earth, no one has been able to achieve it. It's true that some people, God, because of his mercy and love, may have allowed them to go to heaven directly without going through purgatory. But the reality is that everyone, in principle, needs to go to purgatory for that purification. Since we are meditating and not just considering what purgatory is, but a meditation on this, let's see how seriously we take our Christian life, our faith, how we live for the reason of our existence, because we may be surprised by ourselves. We may be surprised when we look inside of us 
and then the only thing that we find is the desire of riches, the desire of becoming more important than other people, the desire of material things that in the end, when we die, will disappear. No one can take any material things with himself or herself when one dies. The only thing that we can take with us is the love of God, and that's the way in which we should be living our life. That's what purgatory will manifest clearly. So let's make a little bit of examination and clearly and honestly see if we are living our life for Christ, if we are living our life for the others, if we are trying to become another Christ or the reason of our existence is a little bit different. The next point in the Catechism says, The Church gives the name Purgatory to this final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. The Church formulated her doctrine of faith on Purgatory, especially at the councils of Florence and Trent. The tradition of the Church, by reference to certain texts of Scripture, speaks of a cleansing fire. So the first thing that we can do is an act of humility and an act of faith. An act of faith is always an act of humility. And to accept that this is a truth of faith. And to say to Jesus, I really want to believe it, because you say so. Because the Church is explaining it to me, and I accept it. Faith, when it is done in that way, is not irrational, but the opposite. 
is very rational and is, as I said, a beautiful act of faith that we need to learn to do it. So the second thing to keep in mind is this fire that is going to clean us. It is taken from St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians, the first one. In the chapter 3, he says, Each man's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work which any man has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be safe, but only as through fire. Do we go through this text a little bit later? At the moment, let's ask ourselves some questions that people make ask to you. Why do we need purification? If God has forgiven us, why do we need that purification? I mean, everything is forgiven and forgotten, and why do we need to suffer the punishment of purgatory? As I said before, it's not a punishment, but an act of mercy from God. But why do we need that purification? And it is because of what we have said before. We need to become like Jesus Christ. We need to be transformed into Him. It's more than purification, a real transformation. It's true that to achieve that transformation, one needs to take away everything that doesn't belong to Jesus. It is like a sculpture in which the artist is taking away the pieces of marble that are not part of the sculpture. So that is the fair reason why we need to go through purgatory, to be transformed into Christ, to be the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, because any sin or any action in general have consequences. For instance, if someone kills another person out of hatred and then the police takes him and he goes to jail and spends almost the whole life there and in jail he repents and there is a huge conversion and he really repented of the sin that he has committed and even ask the family that he had killed the person for forgiveness and let's see that that family is an amazing Christian family and forgive him, still there are consequences. The wife has lost his, her husband, the children have lost the, the dad and they are like this for the rest of their lives. So the order has to be restored in one way or the other. And that's why we need this transformation and that purification. 
Another example regarding the that the action have consequences could be that imagine you're playing football in your back garden and then it happens that you are carried away by the emotion of the of the game and you shoot the ball too hard and it goes to the neighbor's home and breaks the greenhouse that he's got in the garden. At the beginning the man is really angry because of the clatters and the, the, the sound of the glass and everything. But then when he sees that it was you and that it was an accident, he comes down and says, okay, nothing has happened. But of course, the action that you have had has consequences. He has forgiven you. And between you and him, everything is okay. But there is some glasses that someone has to pay. And he's not the one who is going to pay for it. So that's why we have purgatory, to pay for these kind of consequences of broken glasses that our actions have brought. I leave you with our Lord, talking to him about this. What is the purification, the pain that people have in purgatory? First of all, comes from the goodness of heaven, the goodness of God, by considering how beautiful heaven is, how wonderful it is. They miss it and they feel that they have been stupid here on earth because for a few silly things now they cannot enjoy of heaven yet and they would have changed their lives completely but now at that moment is late they now need to wait and to suffer 
imprenatory, and they can do very little to change it. And the second pain comes from the what we have read in the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Let's read it again. The tradition of the Church, by reference to certain texts of the Scripture, speaks of a cleansing fire. Each man's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. It's a spiritual fire. We don't know exactly what kind of fire it is, but the closest to something that we know is that expression, fire. A fire that purifies and cleans everything by taking away everything that doesn't belong to God. The text carries on saying, It is the work which any man has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. He's talking about people who are already in purgatory, which means that they are safe, that they are going to heaven. And he's talking about, well, they have the, the foundation, that is Christ, and on the top of that, one has been using his life or her life in different ways. And one has achieved more, other people have achieved less. But even this achievement, they will be passed through that fire, not only our souls, but also what we have done here on earth. And St. Paul explains, If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. It gives like the impression that St. Paul says, Look, everything that has been done without looking for the love of God, everything that has been done self, out of selfishness, all this will be taken away. No one will remember anything of you have done and has been out of selfishness, pride, or name you whatever you like. Only the things that we have done out of love for God, they will survive. For instance, imagine that someone has achieved a Nobel Prize and it happens that the person has done it because of pride. He has worked extremely hard, but at the same time, without thinking about God, without thinking about the others, just admiring oneself how intelligent he is and even using that as a pretext not to pray or not to be with God because the person was so busy that they never had time for God. Well, purgatory will take all these things and will be burned and no one in heaven will recognize him as a Nobel Prize because that Nobel Prize had not given glory to God at all. Everything will be taken away unless it has been done out of love for God. That's why the life of a simple person could be more interesting to God than the life of a very sophisticated and very intelligent person, but that is living his or her life 
for oneself or herself. That purifying fire will change everything. In heaven, maybe a person who has been nothing here on earth, but has been giving his life or her life out of love for the others, for God, okay? That person will be very important in heaven, will be considered, and all the th good things that the person has done on earth will be remembered. But the other one who looked like has been very important on earth, but has done everything in a selfish way, in a proud way, and not thinking of God or thinking of the others, everything will be taken away and forgotten. It doesn't need to be a Nobel Prize. It could be a football player that has been extremely famous on earth. But imagine that he has been selfish and proud and and he has been even giving airs to himself about his skills. In heaven all these things will be forgotten. Nothing will be remembered about it. Think about this yourself. Speak to God. Ask him, is my life worthwhile or everything is going to be taken in purgatory and not being remembered anymore? This purifying fire is more than a shower, as some people have tried to explain or to say, and to make it too simple. It's like having a shower, and then you get out of the shower, you enjoy it, and you go out. Well, if it's a shower, it's on fire. Okay, so it's not a simple thing. And the few things that we know about purgatory is that people really suffer and really need our prayer and our sacrifices.
there was a story that once I heard. It doesn't need to be true, but it's just to give us an idea of the suffering of the people in purgatory. The story comes like this. A man had been for three years very ill and with lots of pains. And one day his garden angel appeared to him and he said to him, I give you two options. One is that you carry on for three more years suffering as you have been suffering and then you go directly to heaven or you can die now and spend three days in purgatory and after these three days you go to heaven. What do you prefer? And the man thought to himself, three more years like this is going to be too much. I know what is suffering and I don't want to suffer anymore like that. So I would prefer to have three days in purgatory. It's going to be very short. And then to go to heaven. The angel then said, well, if that is your decision, get ready because you are going to die. So he died and went to purgatory. And he thought that it was an eternity what he had been there that the time was not passing by and that the, even the angel had told him a lie, that he was not there for three days, but that he was going to be there for 30 years or even more. And his garden angel went to visit him and said to him, well, how are you doing these days? <laughs> Probably not these words, but you understand. And the man answered to him, you have been cheating me. You told me that it was just three days and I've been here for an eternity. It is unbearable. I don't know how you can be called an angel and to tell me these lies. The angel, without getting very nervous about that, looked at him and said, look down to, to earth. You see your body? Your body, your body is still warm like making very clear to him that he had just died. And that's why we need to pray for the holy souls in purgatory. They can do very little to save themselves. I mean, to help themselves to finish purgatory as soon as possible. They can do nothing. But we can do a lot for them. Any of our little prayers can make a huge difference in them. Sometimes I tell people, look, if you offer up this little sacrifice, like eating something that you don't like too much, a person will go to heaven. Or if you say an aspiration or a Hail Mary, a person will go to heaven. And people look at me like saying that it's quite silly because there is no proportion into I mean, among saying an aspiration and then one of the people in purgatory going to heaven. But, you know, haven't you considered that the person who is more interested on people going to heaven is our Lord Jesus Christ himself? And that, in a way, he's asking us for an excuse to take people from purgatory and to bring them into heaven. So when we offer up 
even if it's a very small prayer or a very small sacrifice for the holy souls in purgatory, Allah says, great, that's what I wanted, that's what I needed. And then a person goes to heaven. It's like giving him an excuse to perform a kind of miracle for the holy souls in purgatory. How long have you been praying for them? Or how often do you remember them? Offer up absolutely everything. And the best prayer, the best sacrifice that we can offer for the Holy Souls in Purgatory is the Mass. Go to Mass as, as often as you can. Not as often as you wish, but as often as you can. And offer it up for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother, Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. <laughs> 